You're listening to Bajar, a podcast celebrating creators and innovators at different stages of their entrepreneurial journey. These people started their journey on the very streets that we're on. Why don't you come take a look? Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of Bajar. Today, we're joined by Khan Rateria. Uh, he's also the founder of Beanstalk, which is an experiential travel company that specializes in travel for live sporting events, concerts, adventure sports, and experiences such as the Northern Lights and Oktoberfest. Hey, Shashank. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on Vichar. Um, yeah, it's been a fun couple of conversations that we've had so far. I'm looking forward uh, to just getting into this discussion today. You know, I, I gave a brief uh, introduction on you, but, uh, you know, for our listeners, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your, you know, early education and uh, early career and, and some of the things that helped springboard your decision to start uh, Beanstalk? Uh, so my education uh, and Beanstalk, honestly, probably don't have too much of a connect uh, in terms of what I studied. I studied BCom. Uh, at college, but what it did enable me is because it wasn't a very intense degree as such, it afforded me a lot of free time in college. Uh, I was at Sydney College of Commerce. Uh, it, it afforded me a lot of free time to take up other events and other activities. Uh, so I started volunteering with a lot uh, of college events uh, and I was sort of on the board for the college event. I I was a chair eventually for three or four of the committees and stuff like that. So I kept very active in the event space. Uh, I also then started interning uh, outside. So I started while I was still in college. I was part of uh, Coke Studio Season 1 uh, in India. I was part of that uh, production team uh, and the logistics and everything. So while my education itself didn't necessarily link directly to uh you know what I'm doing now. It's the extracurricular that I did around it that that really helped shape it. Right, and and what exactly was the the key motivator, the key catalyst that brought you into the experiential travel space, or or just the travel space in general? Uh, so my parents have been travel agents now for twenty plus years. Uh, you know, so that's always been sort of a professional field that I have some, uh, you know, know how of. Uh, just seeing them and I've obviously been to office a few times, done some work a couple of months here and there. So something that I've known. I've also done logistics uh, for a lot of the companies that I've worked with. So I've done logistics when I was in Mumbai City FC, the football club here in Mumbai. Uh, part of my job was to manage their logistics. So I've done stuff with them. Uh, even before that, I've done a lot of logistics work. So that's been an interest. Um, anyway, plus the whole experiential part of it, me as a traveler myself, I don't like to limit my travel to just being, you know, see the main sites and that's it. I always try to add something more, uh, you know, just like every traveler does nowadays. Uh, if we want to do the bungee jumping here, the skydiving there, I want to watch uh, Man United play live, you know. Uh, and that market is obviously growing a lot. So it just seemed like, you know, something that I have an interest in, I have a background in, uh, and there was an opportunity for in the market, so it all just sort of seemed to uh, gel together well. In terms of in terms of Beanstalk being part of the experiential travel landscape in India, how do you think the industry itself within India is changing in terms of consumer demand, and what are the things that Beanstalk is doing, and 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 the things you're doing to capitalize on that growth? Yeah, the Indian consumer is definitely traveling a lot more, and. 
I don't mean post-COVID times. Obviously, there's a big asterisk on everything right now. Uh, but just looking at the trends before that, uh, you know, it wasn't just about people wanting to travel more. People wanted to do more experiences. Uh, you could also lay it down a lot of it to social media, right? Uh, you're seeing people putting up skydiving videos and skydiving pictures on social media. And a lot of people probably just want to do it for that picture. Uh, you know, uh, even though that probably that video or whatever comes at an extra cost, no one says no to that. Everyone wants that done. Uh, so I think all of that, you know, just sort of seeing other people do it, having that sort of more expendable income come in. Uh, people are wanting to do a lot more experiences doing their travel. And I think it's also a big mindset change in terms of our generation and the generation that's coming in next. Uh, you see the 20-year-olds and the early 30-year-olds now. They're not that big into saving towards a retirement fund like uh, you know earlier generations would look at. Uh, now I think it's uh, you see a lot more people sort of saving up for a year and then using that uh, to spend on themselves uh, and spending on themselves to do these travel experiences. Uh, and we're also seeing, you know, they're not afraid to try something different. Uh, they'll be happy to spend, you know, extra money on going and to go and watch a game while staying at a hostel. You know, they're happy to do that different experience of staying in a hostel, meeting other people there. So I think the Indian traveler currently is a lot more broad-minded or a lot more open-minded than it was earlier. Uh, and I think that's, that's a huge trend difference that's coming up with experiential travel. And keeping that in mind, uh, you know, what Beanstalk is doing is we obviously have, you know, our individual experiences that we're offering. We sort of try to see what's the best thing out there. So if suppose someone tells me, you know, hey, man, I'm just going to Spain uh, for a couple of weeks. What can I do? Uh, it's not even necessary that I plan the entire itinerary for them. But I sort of just pick out two or three special events that might be happening. I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? Real Madrid are playing on this day if you want to watch. Uh, there's the Lato Martina that's happening. Uh, if you want to go for that. Uh, there's the bull run that's happening if you want to do that. Oh, why don't you swing by this excellent skydiving facility that's happening here? So uh, that's the sort of thing that Beanstalk sort of uh, pulls in and capitalizes on this. Uh, the other side of this is we're doing lots of groups around just experiences. We did a surf trip within India. And if anyone thinks they're like, they're surfing in India, what are you even talking about? Uh, right, but I actually had been surfing in Pondicherry, I think a year before Beanstalk even happened. Uh, and as soon as Beanstalk happened, like you know what, not not enough people know about this, and let's make a whole trip out of it. So I actually designed a weekend, uh, took a group of ten, fifteen people to Pondicherry. We did surfing, we saw the sights, uh, did the whole Auroville experience, and sort of just build an itinerary around that. Um, that has now gone on from you know we do a couple surf experiences a year. Pondicherry, Manipal, and stuff like that. And then we've also now done adventure sports experience in Indonesia where we did a full week with a group of 15 people, uh, you know, all enthusiastic uh, individuals ranging from the age of 20 to 34, uh, individual solo travelers as well. Another big, you know, a trend that we're seeing a lot of people are happy to do solo travels now. Uh, we actually do a trip every year to Old Trafford. Uh, we're about 18 to 20 of us uh, go there to watch a game over the weekend. So it's typically a Friday, Saturday, Sunday that we go for. Uh, and we watch a game. Uh, we do the stadium tour. Uh, we stay together. We drink together. We do everything. And the main part is I actually know a day before the game where the players are sort of going to come in, park their cars, do stuff like that. So we've actually met the coaches and the players every single year. Uh, another one that I do in the music frame is with Submerge and with Nikhil. 
where we sort of co-curated this uh, experience where, you know, we took a group for Above and Beyond's group therapy, which is their flagship uh, annual uh, annual showcase. Uh, so we, the first one we did was in Hong Kong. And the whole thing of this was because Nikhil is one of the pioneers of dance music in India. Uh, and because he's, you know, has good relations with these music companies everywhere. Uh, the people on the trip actually got to experience a music festival with Nikhil Chinappa, right? Uh, they actually got to see how the back end of things work. We did like tours of backstage, got to meet artists, uh, got present in like exclusive after parties and all of that, uh, right? And all of this, the best part is it's like really, really affordable rates. Uh, so for example, this year we did United versus City right before lockdown. And for a three-night stay at a good hotel, uh, the match tickets, the stadium tour, everything combined was less than 25000 Whereas if you go for the match ticket just for United versus City in the market, it'll cost you about 300 pounds, which is more than the entire weekend combined. So let's say a consumer comes to you and, and from the point he comes to you and says, hey, I want to go to Manchester for United game uh, between the 10th of August and the 20th of August. What is your planning process? So one of the great things that works for me is that most of what I would recommend, I would have either experienced myself first. I would have tried to experience myself firsthand. Uh, luckily, I've been well-traveled, you know, so I know that. So what I'll sort of do is I'll try and get their interest, uh, see if there's anything specific. So in case, case, if their main thing is just do a match, uh, you know, I'll see, obviously, go through the calendars first, see what day the match is. Uh, and then I'll work it back from there. And I'll actually go through my various contacts and see the different price points and the different ticketing options that are available. And actually, one of the things that I think uh, you know, that I love about the essence that we've created in Beanstalk is that we're honest to the customer. You know, so I'll actually tell him that, you know what, these are the price points that are available, uh, but it's not necessary that I will push a certain price point just because I'd have better margins in it. I will see what that person wants, who they're with. So for example, if they're with family uh, who are not that into the game, but they're sort of just giving him company, I'd recommend the family stand. But if it's supposed, you know, to two friends going, I'd recommend the Stratford end or, or, you know, the end where the fans are boisterous. You know, I'd like to see how I can make the trip most worthwhile for them and make it their best experience because this is a dream come true, right? I know what it felt like to me when I went to Old Trafford the first time. As a sole business model in terms of financial feasibility, how do you increase your margins and reduce the cost of a consumer for that, for that particular trip at the same time? You create a good enough network, create a good enough rapport with your suppliers, and that's when your margin comes in. Uh, you know, there's uh, while someone else might be using a different supplier, and in this game, or in this field, uh, rather, there's lots of options for that. There's multiple suppliers offering that sort of thing. Uh, it all comes down uh, to having a good supplier network, to working those relations, whether it's, you know, a match ticket supplier, hotel supplier, so trying to work those relationships. A lot of people work on fixed margins, uh, which actually, you know, I quite like because when it's supposed a skydiving experience in Spain, it's not like there's 10 people offering that or say, you know, in this particular city, there'll be one person doing it. Uh, so there's a fixed cost, there's a fixed margin they give to agents and I prefer working that way. What are some effective networking tips you would give? I had this problem earlier, you know, I would always be like, hey, you know what, I feel awkward approaching this person because I'm feeling selfish about it, you know? I'm approaching this person for my gain. 
So my thing in this is to look at it's always two ways, right? If you're working with someone, you're giving them business as well. Or even if you just, you know, if it if it's something that does not benefit them, they won't pursue it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that's just how business is. It is pretty brutal out there. Whenever you're networking, don't think that you're approaching someone's space or, or you know, uh, you're being selfish in this. Have you ever had an issue establishing your credibility, not just amongst uh, tour guides that you might reach out to, but amongst consumers as well? You know, you're, you're obviously uh, relatively at least a newer player on the block. How do you see yourself competing with some of the existing experiential travel companies and, and how do you set yourself apart? I think the main thing for me is customer service. There's no better endorsement for your brand than word of mouth. Uh, so when you provide someone with a good service, uh, you know, they go on and tell five friends and that goes on and that builds your credibility as well. Given coronavirus and how the travel industry is changing, what do you think the future is not only for Beanstalk, but for the travel industry in general? And what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think the travel industry is going to be very hit uh, for a while. And the challenge is going to be uh, you know, the stakeholders being able to shift their focus. Uh, so I'm someone who, uh, you know, really likes uh, behavioral science. And there was this thing I was watching a few weeks ago. Uh, and he mentioned uh, in that talk that where airlines earlier would have been, or rather products or companies earlier would have been looking at how can I make this more streamlined or how can I make my services so efficient uh, where I am filling my flights uh, to 100% capacity and keeping quick rotations between these flights. So, you know, uh, my crew is most efficiently used and stuff like that. We're not going to have to shift focus on how do I make customers feel safe again while traveling? It needs to be a unanimous work together to sort of make this industry safe. You know, the, the talk is not about... The demand being there, the demand is still going to be there. It's about how do we bring the supply to them? How do we make uh, you know, the supply attractive? Uh, so I think that's the main challenge that the travel industry is seeing now. Obviously, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, on the onset of 9-11 in the US, air travel didn't resume uh, to the same capacity as pre-9-11 for a good two years. And you know, I hope this, you know, this podcast reaches out to people in the government. You know, They need to make life easier, man. Uh, they need to make, uh, even before COVID, the tax structures in the Indian travel industry was so bad. Uh, it was laying a lot of onus on travel agents and it was just making it really, really difficult to function where I've seen a lot of other travel agencies had to shut down just because of the tax structures. Uh, you know, just making it very difficult to work, making it not competitive, uh, where buying international products was becoming easier from an international travel agent. Uh, you know, yeah. so the government and the tourism boards need to look into this and sort of help travel agents out with this as well. What are three key takeaways uh, you you have for people that want to start their own business and uh, want to break away from the norm and, and do something of their own that they're passionate about? I think number one is patience. Uh, you know, when I started Beanstalk, obviously setting up the first five months, six months is very exciting. You're getting into something new, uh, right? The first couple of orders might fly out as well. Uh, but then there will be periods when there'll be lulls. 
and it's important to sort of be patient through that and just keep grinding away at your work. Just trust what you're doing. Obviously, uh, be realistic, uh, you know, see if you're doing anything wrong, uh, sort of assess your business assets. But if you do see that you're doing all the things right, it's important to just be patient and be consistent with your work. And sure enough, I've seen the optics after that. Uh, you know, it will come. Just keep doing the right thing. Keep plugging away. Be patient. It will come. Uh, the second one is sort of a little grim. Uh, you know, it might seem grim at first at least. Uh, but when I was leaving Mumbai CDFC and starting Beanstalk, uh, I was just having a chat with the CEO, uh, you know, handing in my letter and all of that. And he was, uh, he was supportive of me, he mentioned, but he mentioned that, just remember that 95% of startups fail. And it might seem like, you know, he's him scaring me. Uh, it was actually pushing me you know, letting me know that, you know, you have to keep pushing or the, there's more failures than, success, than those who have su succeeded, uh, right? So you have to be part of that 5%. And that sort of scare, you know, to remind yourself to keep going and be part of that upper 5%, I think is, you know, very, very important to keep you going, you know. It helps you from becoming complacent. It helps you just sort of keep yourself in check. Uh, and the last thing that I uh, tell people is to be true to yourself and to, true to the company. Uh, be true to what the values you set to it. So, for example, if I've set the values of being customer service centric, there might be places where I can make a couple of quick bucks. But no, I need to stick to being, you know, what I've set out to be and uh, keep that image. You know, don't take the easy route out. Don't take that shortcut. Uh, sort of be true to yourself. And I think if you follow these three things, it will build a solid foundation uh, for your business. Great. Thank you, Karn. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Really, really appreciate you making the time. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed talking to you about the industry. Let's definitely stay in touch because I'm a huge United supporter and I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you for these United tickets. But yeah, thanks again, man. No, my pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me on this. And, uh, you know, uh, big best of luck to you and Nub as well with this and with obviously anything else. And let's stay in touch, as you said. For sure. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.